Dear brothers and sisters, if you find it difficult to either establish or maintain friendships, it turns out you aren't necessarily alone. A poll earlier this year amongst 2,000 adults found that almost half described that making new friends was something that was difficult for them for a variety of reasons. Now, when we consider friendship, and and as this survey, this poll was taken, uh, the two characteristics that kind of defined what somebody thought of as a close or a good friend were, were trust and honesty. So kind of using that loosely as a a guideline, those who were polled said that that it turned out that basically the average person, again, according to this poll, has about 16 friends. Now, of those 16 friends, three of them are maybe considered lifelong friends. Five of them are, are friends with whom you would enjoy hanging out and spending time together. And then the other eight are people that you like, but aren't necessarily people that you would maybe feel compelled to spend time with. And one of the reasons when they talk about why it's difficult to to establish new friends was because we're past kind of those seasons of life where it comes relatively easy. You think back to your childhood neighborhood, you think to high school, and you think to college, and And that was relatively easy because you were surrounded by so many people and and you were kind of all scared as you went through different classes. And and nowadays, we're we're past that that high point of popularity, which the average age apparently is 23 in your life. Some of us this morning are past that. Some of us are way past that. Some of us haven't reached it yet. But you can relate if finding friends that that, uh, result in deeply meaningful relationships, if that's a bit of a challenge for you. It was pretty clear, I suppose, uh, in in the context of our first lesson this morning, if you look at the, the surrounding chapters and verses that detail for us the relationship between King Saul and David, you wouldn't probably describe theirs as a friendship. I think it becomes pretty clear that when one takes a spear and tries to chuck it at the other and end his life, that probably isn't the greatest of friendships. Theirs was a very tumultuous relationship indeed. And yet, that relationship almost makes the relationship that was described in our first lesson this morning stand out in an even more stark contrast, the relationship between Jonathan and David. Perhaps the most close, the closest, the most intimate relationship or friendship that we have detailed for us in Scripture. You heard in the closing verse how, how it was described for us in 1 Samuel that we're told that Jonathan and David, they reaff- he had him reaffirm his oath out of love for him because he loved him as he loved himself. That says a lot about how they viewed each other, their dedication, their commitment, their respect, the relationship that they had with each other. And I suppose it's even amplified all the more after we get word of Saul's death and Jonathan's death and we see David's lament for his dear friend Jonathan. Listen to the glowing words that he had for his friend there. He said in 2 Samuel chapter 1, 
I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful, more wonderful than that of women. Now, don't buy into the the baloney that critics today would would stretch that to mean that there was something other than an amicable, uh, a deep friendship. There was nothing inappropriate going on here, and yet the depth of that friendship says a lot because we know that, that David didn't shy away from women, did he? And so to have that many relationships with, with different wives and, and women and to say that the love, the relationship he had with Jonathan, the depth of that connection even surpassed any of his own wives says a lot about his friendship. Indeed, I don't know that there's a, a more... Uh, deep relationship or friendship described for us in Scripture. Now, where does that bring us? This, this morning, as we continue with our series, Faith Over Fear, we see that, that faith expresses itself in love, tied together in the lessons that we heard today. But when we consider that faith over fear, we also recognize that, that love is something that helps us to overcome fear. In fact, Scripture lays that out. If, if you look to 1 John, John's uh, first epistle, chapter 4, verse 18 describes it for us this way. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. To love perfectly, or better stated, to know God's perfect love, is to have no reason to be afraid of anything. Now that love, however, can be expressed in any number of ways, and this morning we're focusing on how we express that love through friendship. And so we pray that as we have a a deeper understanding of God's love for us and how it relates to our friendships, that we'll recognize what it takes or what is the, the key to having meaningful, deep friendships. Perhaps those along the lines of even Jonathan and David. Did you hear that? Men? Guys, particularly this morning, that that you actually can have a relationship, a friendship with other guys that is as rich and as meaningful and as deep as the one that Jonathan and David shared. And I think that sadly in our culture today, that is something that is kind of taboo. We just don't talk about it because when we talk about friendship, well, that's something that's feminine. That's, that's what women do. Women talk about friends. But guys, we don't need friends. We are fiercely independent. We'll, we'll go at it alone. We don't share feelings or emotions. That's not what we do. If we have a problem, we fix it. We solve it. We don't need anybody else's help. And yet, how can you dismiss the depth of the relationship that Jonathan and David had? How they cared for each other, how they looked out for each other. See, the the truth is that that when we we have this attitude that, that I don't need anybody else, oftentimes we are setting ourselves up for a rather big fall. It's true, oftentimes, sometimes, that we can, as, as men, just fix the problem, solve it. But more likely, when we think that we encounter some sort of struggle, some addiction, some hang-up, some habit, something destructive, and we think that we can handle it on our own without anybody else's help, well, it's just a matter of time before our life slowly unravels and everything blows up 
in our face. But that's how we roll as, as guys, isn't it? We don't need anybody else. And, and the sad reality is that oftentimes it's going to be something that will come back to bite us. Whether it's in our marriage or whether it's in our finances or it's in our workplace or some hurt that we haven't dealt with and then it, it all blows up and everything falls apart. And I suppose perhaps the, a good example of, of how we avoid friendships and how we miss out on establishing friendships that can help us and support us is your response when somebody that you know fails or falls or something happens in their life and, and you're, you're left kind of just shaking your head and saying, oh, that's so terrible. Why didn't he just reach out to me? If he would have told me he was going through that, I would have helped him. I would have been there for him. See, we say that, don't we? But what if the roles were reversed? We have to admit that we would have done the same thing. We wouldn't have reached out to anybody else because we're guys, we don't need friends. We can handle it ourselves. We're manly men. And I don't mean to, to mention or, or imply that this is just something that men struggle with, but primarily because that's what we don't talk about. The reality is also that, that of course, because society's kind of expectation is that friendship is a, a women thing, they, they can talk and they can gab and they can catch up and they have all kinds of friends and, and they love it and that's just fine for them. But then what about those, those women who do struggle to have friendships, meaningful friendships. Then it, it almost cuts even more deeply, doesn't it? Because the expectation is that as a, as a woman, I'm supposed to have all kinds of friends, so it hurts even more that I don't. So what are we to make of all of this? We all struggle in, in some degree or another either to make new friends, as that poll demonstrated, that, that on average, people have not made a new friend in the last five years. So let's look again at David and Jonathan, and see what was it that established the bond that they enjoyed? What, what took their friendship to, to a level that rivaled any other friendships in, in Scripture? Well, quite simply put, it was love. But it wasn't their love for each other. No, that actually came secondarily, didn't it? It was actually their love for God. Now, how do we know that? Well, let's consider the situation that each of them were in, David and Jonathan. Do you remember that, that David had more than one opportunity to end Saul's life? David already knew that he was God's anointed successor to Saul's throne. And David very well could have pinned Saul to the ground and rightly ascended the throne. Why didn't he? Because out of love for God and respect for his Savior, David said, I don't need to take matters into my own hand. If my gracious and loving God has already promised that I am going to be the next king, he doesn't need me to take matters into my own hand to help that happen. I simply will trust that he will carry out that promise in one way or another. And that is how David showed his great dedication and love for God over everything else. And I suppose the exact could be, same thing could be said of Jonathan, perhaps even more so when you consider 
his relationship and the position that he was in as Saul's son from an earthly standpoint, why on earth would this individual who would have been the successor to the throne of Saul, why would he do anything to help David? Why would he warn him? Why would he let David know that his father had it out for him and let him know when he was planning to to scheme or plot to kill David? If you think about it, Jonathan would have been much better off actually teaming up with his father to say, yeah, I don't really care what, what God said. We could thwart God's plans. We could end David's life. And then I would be the successor to the throne. I would be the next king. But you know that nowhere in any description of Jonathan do we have any indicator that that was on his heart. Why? Because Jonathan had such a love and a respect for the Lord that he knew that God's love for him was not tied to his role or his succession to the throne. King or not, Jonathan knew that he would still be loved by God. So how how do we, in return, how do we fill ourselves up with that same love for God? Well, that's the wrong question to ask because ask because we don't fill ourselves up with that love. There's not something that you do. It's something that, that God does in you. To fill you up with His love is to acknowledge and, and to recognize that, that even every time that I have tried to deal with struggles and, and hang-ups myself and have not turned to God or to anyone else that He has given me for support, still, God loves me. To know that I have been anything but a good friend to those who have shown me love and kindness and I have not returned the favor and to know that still God loves me. And to know that that when a friend has cared enough about me to speak a harsh word, to correct me, to rebuke me, and, and I blew it off or dismissed it, and still God loves me. See, that the key to having any depth of relationship with anyone else, any friendship that is going to be meaningful, is to know first and foremost God's love for you. And when we are filled up with God's love for us, regardless of our past, our present, or our future, to know that He loves me because He has chosen to love me, then now fills me up and and frees me to extend that same love to others, as Jesus said in the Gospel, so that others would know that we belong to Him. And here's what's going to happen any time that we switch that hierarchy of love. If God's love is not on top, if my love for my parents, my love for my children, my love for for my coworker, friends, any family members, love for anybody else is on top, every relationship will be negatively impacted by it. Because we are placing somebody in a burden of responsibility that they simply cannot fulfill. To love my my child more than God is is to place a a burden on that child that they never will live up to. To to love my parents in the same way is to place on them a, a burden that they will never live up to. What happens when they fail and I see that they aren't perfect? To love anybody else more than God is to place on them a burden that is too much to bear. 
Only God can live up to our every expectation and far exceed them all with his love for us. So to know his love, to love him first, to put him on top, that, brothers and sisters, is the key to the most meaningful and deep friendships you could imagine. And when that love is in place, your friendships will blossom. Why? Because you recognize that that your friendships aren't based on what you do or or don't do. You, You don't have to worry about receiving in return love from friends because you know that you are always on the receiving end of God's love for you in Christ Jesus. Always. No matter what kind of a friend you have been. That's what grace is. His love is never going to run out and he's never going to stop extending it to you. So you can be open and you can be real, and you can be vulnerable, and you can be transparent with your friends and let them in to see the things that you struggle with, to see that you are far from the perfect Christian that that you maybe would, would like them to believe you are. And when they see the reality of that, they rejoice. Because what they see is a fellow sinner who needs God's love in Christ Jesus just as much as they do. Your ability to to make new friendships or establish the ones that you have already, it's not going to, to be strengthened or you're not going to grow in that ability just by loving that person more. Your friendships will, will deepen and be as meaningful as possible when you love him more who first loved you. That is living in faith over fear. And that is a faith that expresses its love in our friendships. Amen.